they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Well, welcome to Bible with the Barbers. And Terry had to step out of the studio for just a minute. He'll be right back. And we, I was on the Terry and Jesse show with Terry today because Jesse had another commitment to, to take care of. So we were talking about Lent, and we're going to continue talking about Lent here. And this is very biblical, and Lent should be biblical for us. As a matter of fact, um, I would encourage all of us to spend more time reading the Bible during Lent. Uh, you want to use the prayer book that Mary and Jesus and St. Joseph used while they were here on this earth? If I told you I knew what it was, would you be willing to go out there and get a copy and use it? Well, I have a secret for you. We do know the prayer book that Jesus, Mary, and Joseph used because they were Jews and they prayed the Psalms every day. They were using the Psalms. So the book of the Psalms in the scriptures is the, is the book they used for prayer. So that's a real good prayer book to use right now during Lent. So how does Lent relate to Jesus? Well, we mentioned before that Jesus spent 40 days and nights in the wilderness communing with God in preparation for his public ministry. Right after he's baptized, the Spirit drives Jesus out into the wilderness. And what's interesting about reading the scriptures, um, you know, some people like to say, well, the the, the gospels are at odds with each other because when you read Matthew, he says it this way, and you read Mark, he Mm -hmm. says it this way, and you read Luke, and he has another story. And and it's like, no, um, remember we found Q? Don't tell, tell, you know, the scholars, but we found Q. The source, that secret source of the Gospels that all of the evangelists used, it was the life of Jesus Christ. And so Matthew may have not said everything, or Mark may not have said everything, or Luke never said everything, and John didn't say everything, but if you bring them together, you get a bigger picture, you get a fuller picture. So if you just read the Gospel of, of Matthew and Mark, you think, well, Jesus just went out into the desert and he was tempted and he was fasting. But in the Gospel of Luke, in, on Luke 4.26, it says that he ate nothing in those days. So where do we get the idea that Jesus didn't eat any food in the desert when he was out there for 40 days? Yeah. We get that information from Luke. It was only in Luke's gospel that tells us that he ate nothing for 40 days. Is that chapter 4? That's Luke 4.26. What's interesting is that that's what's said about Moses when Moses was on the mountain with God getting the Ten Commandments. Interesting. That Moses ate nothing. And Moses was a type of Christ. He was a prefigurement of Christ and what Christ, who Christ would be. Mary, I've been told by the spiritual writers that many times when we do fast, our senses become more acute. Right. And we actually get insights that um, we normally wouldn't get. And I've read that from the spiritual fathers. Is that something that you've uh, also have read that uh, that's, benefits of fasting? That's true. And it, what happens is when we have a lot of food ab- available to us, especially, yeah. especially refined processed food, mm-hmm. it actually um, bogs down the system. Mm-hmm. And when we eat more than we need, mm-hmm it bogs down the system. And so our bodies become sluggish. So we're lethargic. We become lethargic and our brains actually aren't as astute as they would be. That's what I've experienced just my own personal, that I'm my, when I'm fasting, like everything is just intense. Right, right. And yeah. it's, we're not talking about starvation here. No. We're not, we're talking about fasting. We're talking about limiting the amount of food you take in. And, and fasting is defined by the church as one complete meal mm-hmm. and then two smaller meals 
that that's the the way we loosely do it nowadays, that two smaller meals that don't equal the one meal. Now, there are those, and I, I heard these stories. Now, I wasn't there. I wasn't in the Jesuit novitiate, but I was told yeah. that there were these <laughs> Jesuit scholastics, and they're like, okay, well, we have to eat just one meal a day. So what we do is we eat one really big meal, and then we can eat two smaller meals, you know, that equal, as long as they don't equal to, the two of them together don't equal that one really big meal. And it's like, you know what, guys, no. You just, <laughs> you've just thrown out the whole fasting thing. You know, you're not, you're not being honest here. You're, you're indulging, you're, you're indulging your senses. You're indulging mm-hmm. your flesh. And that's what we want to, we want to discipline the flesh, flesh, just like we talked about athletes in the Terry and Jesse show. And yeah. athletes have to deny themselves in order to win the crown. Are that's we willing to deny ourselves the things of this earth in order to win heaven? Great question. <laughs> Mary, what about, um, it's this question, I, you know, we count 46 days from Ash Wednesday to Easter. How do you explain that, young lady? Well, for one, every Sunday is considered a little Easter. That's right. Okay, every Sunday is a little Easter, every Sunday. Now, during Lent, we do not sing the Alleluia. That's right. Um, but it's still a little Easter. We're still celebrating the resurrection of the Lord. So Sundays are not days of fasting and abstinence. They're days of celebrating the resurrection. And if you count, we have six Sundays during Lent. There you go. So the, you, you start Lent on Ash Wednesday, which is, you know, four days ahead of the Sunday, so that you have those extra days, so that you still have the 40 days, but you don't have, the Sundays aren't included as days of fast and abstinence during those well, time. a lot of people are just saying, nobody ever told me that. I was fasting on Sundays. You know, that's okay. I, I, you know, <laughs> you know, we, it's funny how we as human beings know, carry that. And, and some people would go, um, well, what I'll do is I'll stay up till midnight on Saturday Party, so that I can eat yeah. everything that I gave up for the, the week, yeah. right? And it's like, you know, no, that's not the idea. Mm-hmm. Don't stay up till midnight waiting for Sunday to come so that then you can. No, the idea, as a matter of fact, you know, after Lent, Shock of ages, everybody. Mm-hmm. Whatever we gave up, back, up for Lent, uh, we're not supposed to go back to it after Lent. So it's a, ha- a holy habit that you're getting in. We're trying to develop holy virtue. habits. We're yeah. trying to develop virtue. Yeah. So we're trying to develop some discipline mm-hmm. and self-control. And so it's not about, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up candy for 40 days, and boy, I'm just wait till Easter when out. I can indulge and pay. Yeah. No, you know, by the way, no celebration is, is an okay, should ever be an occasion of sin. Yeah. Uh, gluttony is a sin. <laughs> can you divine, uh, define gluttony? Because I think um, in our culture, we really don't see that as a problem. Because right. we seem to indulge in lots of things. Right. And, and the difference, gluttony is eating for the taste of food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were ancient pagans who carried that to an extreme yeah. where they would eat and eat and eat and then make themselves throw up so they could eat and eat and eat again. Yeah. So they're just indul- indulging the palate. They're not even trying to get nourishment. And unfortunately, in our society, we have a different form of that in that we have foods that have absolutely no nutrition in them, yeah. but they taste they really taste good. Them, yeah. You know, diet drinks and diet foods yeah. that... They've taken the nutrition out of them, but they made them taste really good. And we have to be very, very careful because that what what that does is that that entraps us and ensnares us in a pleasure culture where we're just seeking the pleasures of the body and we're just kowtowing to the body. And we need to discipline the body. We need to discipline it so that we, and by the way, it's like that. We discipline ourselves in the body to free ourselves for prayer. You know, what you said about being intellectually more astute, mm-hmm. we don't just want to pursue study. We want to pray. We could read the scriptures just for the sake of studying and just for knowledge. 
But in doing that, are we coming closer to Christ? Are we knowing him better? We want to become more like Christ. We want to know him better. And that's what Lent is about. So Mary, um, preparing a good Lent uh, is going to help us prepare for what? For Easter. And the reason is, is because we're preparing by our Mm self-denial. We are trying to become more like Christ who denied himself to the point of going to the cross. He died on the cross for us. He was obedient unto death. And so we want to examine our lives. What are the sins in our lives? We need to give them up. We need to become um, more prayerful. We need to be more serious about our prayer. We need to also serve others and become more like Christ. And that Christ definitely went around serving people. And then as we approach Good Friday, if we really have fasted and prayed, we will experience entering into the passion of our Lord with him and we'll experience more deeply what he suffered for us and what that means in terms of love. And then, then Easter will be truly joyous. One more thing I can suggest about preparing for Easter, and we talk about virtue, but I want to say, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Don Bosco used to say that. And and your examination that Mary's talking about, if there's someone who you're associating with yeah. for years, and this down. person is dragging you down, this is a good time to say, okay, this Lent, I'm not going to call. I'm not going to go over there. I'm not going to shoot the breeze. I'm not going to go play pool with that guy. Right. Because every time I play pool, I get into conversations or they talk about immoral things and I don't say a word and I just, you know, I just look the other way or I don't, you know, but they're going to pull me down in my spiritual life. So this Lent, I'm going to say, who in my life do I need to stay away from as a spiritual fitness trainer? I'm saying to myself, who is that person in your life that's pulling you down? This is a good time to say, I'm not going to take that once a week trip down to wherever it might be at the bar. It could be wherever you're going to go see a ball game because this person pulls me down. I'm not going to associate more with him because I'm making this Lent a focus on Christ. And I'm going to say this Lent, I'm going to change some of my habits to become holy habits rather than habits that bring me down. So that could be something that I'm talking about you, me, my wife, all of us. Who in my life is not pulling me up to live a life centered on Christ? Then that would be someone I'm not going to hang with because they're not pulling me towards Christ. They're pulling me away from Christ. Also, who or what or are there entertainments? Are yeah. we spending more time watching sports than we are praying? Are we spending more time being entertained than we're watching praying? Yeah. Where is the balance in yeah. our life? Where are we, do we, if we want to fall in love with someone, we need to spend time with you them. You think? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, if, if the person, you know, the, if you were going with somebody and you were thinking about marriage and they said, look, honey, I got 45 minutes for you on Sunday morning and that's it. If you're really good, I might give you an hour, an hour and 15 <laughs> minutes. Would you date the person? No. And what do we do to Jesus? Exactly. We come back. We're going to talk more about Lent, Ash Wednesday, helping you have a better Lent. As a matter of fact, I want this to be the best Lent ever in your life. The material we're giving will help you do just that. Go turn that down. Go get another cup of tea, a cup of coffee. Tell your friends and join us here at the Barber. Live with the Barber. 
This is Terry Barber inviting you, all the men, to a men's conference June 15th at the Sacred Heart Chapel. This is going to be a day where we're going to talk about true masculinity. You know, there's a problem in the Catholic Church today. We have very few men who love the Catholic faith. And I know a lot of the wives that I'm listening to right now are saying, I want my husband to be on fire for the faith. Send him to the men's conference. Your son, send him to the men's conference by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org or call 877-526-2151. That's June 15th. When your husband comes back from this conference or your son, they're going to have a different view about their Catholic faith because they're going to meet three men who love Jesus and his bride, the church, and they're going to instill in them a love for Christ and his church, the Eucharist, Our Lady. Bring them to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Sign up there or call 877-526-2151. Full sheen ahead. It is only because of your continued prayers and generous donations that Virgin Most Powerful Radio can broadcast live each weekday. We count on your spiritual and financial support because you understand the urgent need for Catholic programming that shares the gospel with clarity and charity, but without compromise. Please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly donor. You can set it up with the touch of a button on our website, catholicrc.org. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment... Call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. Before we get back into Lent and Ash Wednesday, I like good news. How about you? I love pulling these. I spent a lot of time looking for good news stories, as you know. And I was really impressed with an 18-year-old young man in high school. Here's what he did. He's a high school wrestler. He forfeits state, the state tournament matches saying it's not appropriate to wrestle a young lady. Yeah. Now, in our culture right now, you know, the unisex type approach that, you know, there's no difference between a man and a woman. Who cares? This young man says, no, I'm brought up where you don't wrestle women. And now he just basically took it on the chin and said, I'll forfeit my match because I'm not doing it. Uh, I want to commend him. His name, I got it right here, is um, yeah, Brendan Johnson, 18-year-old Brendan Johnson. Kudos to you, brother. Yeah, I mean, bless at 18 years bless old him. to stand up. One more, one more good story, and then we'll get right back into Lent. I love this one. Colorado pro-lifers rally to stop Planned Parenthood's perverse sex ed curriculum. We always talk about evils of Planned Parenthood. And on February 27th, hundreds of Colorado pro-lifers gathered at the state capitol. They didn't stay quiet. They opposed a plan to institute a so-called comprehensive sex ed 
which is a code for allowing groups like Planned Parenthood and Advocates for Youth to write sex ed curriculum for the whole state. Now, this legislation, if you're in Colorado, it's HB 1032, would essentially allow groups like Planned Parenthood to write the sex curriculum. The language in the legislation is also uh, overtly vague, which should worry the Colorado parents. Mary Danielle, I just want to say God bless the moms and dads for standing up for their kids Absolutely. and saying, we don't want Planned Parenthood in our, in our in communities. Our right. And amen. That's what we have to do. You know, all it takes for the triumph of evil is for good people to do nothing. Well, we need to stand up and say, no, no more. It's interesting because just on oh, that note, Carol yeah. Everett was yeah. a, an abortion provider yeah, down in Texas. Texas. Yep. And um, she said that they knew that in order... Abortion is just a big business industry. It's about making money right, off of the, money. and, and all they're, they're willing to kill children to do it. Mm-hmm. And they kill mothers and they destroy mothers psychologically, emotionally, physically yeah. in, in their little game of making money. But she said, we knew we had to, we had to get the kids to be sexually active. And so we started bringing sex education programs into the kindergartens. What? This was planned. This isn't an accident. It's yeah. people, we need to wake up and realize the frog is being boiled one degree at a time. Yeah. We have to be aware of the evil in our society. We don't have to focus on it, but we need to fight it. And we need to fight it first with prayer. And that's what Lent is all about. Intensify our prayer life. 40 days for life. You know, get involved. Pray. And if you can't go to a clinic and stand outside of a clinic, Go to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and spend time in prayer. Remember, they they reduced the number of murders in Juarez, New Mexico, yeah. astronomically by opening up perpetual adoration right. chapels in the city and getting people to come and pray before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament 24 hours a day. Awesome and within a couple of years, they reduced the murders from over 3,000 to under 400. Yeah. Come on, people, wake up, wake up. Prayer works. There you go. For Lent, maybe we can, instead of thinking of giving something up first, let's think first of all of adding something to our life. Prayer. What a novel idea. (laughs) What a novel idea. Mary, here's the next question I have. Is the custom of giving up something for Lent, is that mandatory? Well, you know, what's interesting is it used to be because it was mandatory under pain of sin to fast for the entire 40 days of Lent. And that meant one complete meal and two smaller meals. Um, that is no longer mandatory under the law. Right. We are still are under the law mandatory to fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday and to abstain from all meat on Ash Wednesday and all the Fridays of Lent. Every Friday during Lent are days of abstinence. So we do still have that as law. But... Um, it's a good idea because it helps to discipline the body. It helps us to get some control over our uh, faculties of our body and bring our body into line with our intellect and our will that God is the true good. We want to choose God. We give up the things of this world in order to be able to fill ourselves and be filled with God. We can't just give up the things of this world and, and then just leave a void. It sounds to me like discipline of Lent applies to almost everything we do in life. Getting up at the same time, yes. Uh, you know, cleaning our rooms, doing daily chores. Uh, there's there's a discipline, and it, it. My take on it, Mary, is that the culture we live in is this line, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's so contrary to the Christian development. Absolutely contrary to the Christian development. And it's so funny because there was a, a psychologist, psychiatrist, mm-hmm. or psychologist from Canada, and he wrote a book called. 
uh, an antidote to chaos, 12 rules mm-hmm. at, for life. And, and there were a lot of people who just laughed at him and said, oh, well, what, you know, this is so simple. This is so basic. His first rule was clean up your room. Pick up after yourself. And everybody's like, well, so that's so basic. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, it's so basic. But how many people do that today? Go out and look in the street and see the trash that's thrown out. Who did that? Somebody who wasn't picking up after themselves. Somebody who thought or didn't think and just threw it out there instead of carrying it to a trash can. It's your responsibility to pick up after yourself and take responsibility for yourself. And it begins with you taking responsibility for your own personal space. Take a look at your room. If your room is cluttered and disorganized, start working on trying to get it organized and uncluttered. Put your clothes where they belong. If they're dirty, put them in a laundry basket. Go buy yourself one if you don't have one. You know, if they belong in the closet, hang them up. If they belong in the drawers, fold them and put them in the drawers. Make your bed. it's basic and people might laugh at somebody for telling people, but you know what? There really are a lot of people in this world who just, yeah, whatever, you know, well, so what if I don't clean up my room? It's my space. I can be as sloppy as I want. Well, that's, you're degrading yourself as a human person. Where is your dignity as a human person when you don't keep order in your own personal life? And that's the beginning. Yes. In Lent, we want to look at these things that we want to try and, and of course, Lent goes much deeper because yeah. beyond the physical, we need to, and, but the physical affects the spiritual. Mm-hmm. If we're not taking care of the little details, a lot of times it's because we're letting things slide in the spiritual life. When was the last time we went to confession? Yeah. You know, how many of us would honestly say that if I took a bath once a year, that yeah. would be enough? <laughs> and yet how many of us say, oh, well, I can go to confession once a year and that's enough? Or maybe twice a year, maybe you go at Christmas and Easter. Well, wait a minute. Would you take a bath twice a year? Bath, bathing the body is what confession is for the soul. Yeah. And so if, you, if you're not willing to go a month or six months without taking a bath, then you shouldn't be willing to go a month or six months without going to confession. Is it a fair statement also regarding temptations? So uh, how we can resist temptations, if we're not going to confession on a regular basis, it's much more difficult to face those temptations and be successful because of the fact that we're not living a sacramental life. We don't have the grace. Yeah. And then remember, the sacrament of confession isn't just about confessing sins. It's about receiving the grace from God to resist temptation. And so, yes, we want to discipline our bodies so that when temptation comes, we can resist it. There are a lot of things in this life that are extremely pleasurable and, and hard to resist. And we need to discipline our bodies if we're going to be able to resist those things. But we also need God's grace. Are we asking for it? Confession, Holy Communion. These things help us. These sacraments that God has given us, they help us to overcome the tendencies of our flesh to sin. It's easier for us to sin than it is for us to do good. That's just the reality of life after original sin. Now, now the Bible calls us to offer our bodies as spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. Now, Bishop Sheen says every action is like a blank check. If we have Christ's name on it, it has infinite value. Value. What are some of those verses we could recommend for folks to to look up on that? You you might want to go ahead and write these down and look them up and study these verses. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And then you, 1 Peter 1, Mm -hmm. verse 22. And First Peter two verse verses four and five, mm-hmm. and Colossians one twenty four. That one you know by heart, don't you? 
I fill up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the good of the church. For the sake of his body, the church. You know, this idea that, well, Christ did all the suffering, so we don't have to. No. When we mortify ourselves, when we offer sacrifice, we can unite that to Jesus Christ. And then St. Paul said, then I fill up in my own flesh what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body, the church. Mary, do you remember asking Dr. Scott Hahn a question regarding that verse? I'm catching on us. He no, said we, I don't. Well, he said to us, I maybe it was both of us, he said we as Protestants never really understood that verse. Okay, yeah. Do you remember that? Not, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he just said, we just were like, well, how do you explain it? Right, because it says, I fill up in my flesh what's lacking in the yes. sufferings of Christ. Well, how what's lacking in the sufferings exactly. of Christ? But this is God's word. This is the scripture. So what is St. Paul getting at? Yeah. What's lacking in the sufferings of Christ? Well, you know what's lacking? My response. Mm. Christ can suffer for me, but he he gives me free will. He can't force me to accept everything he did for him. And if I don't discipline my body, when it comes time to accept suffering in union with Christ, I'm not going to be able to do it. So when I discipline my body, I'm becoming more like Jesus, and it becomes possible for me then, with God's grace and with the the help of the Holy Spirit, to be able, when it's time to suffer, to be able to offer that in union with Jesus and to grow in grace and to be able to, to accept all of Christ's salvation. So what's lacking is my acceptance that I need to accept Christ's salvation. He, it's not going to be forced on me. God only comes as close as we let him come. Amen. Bishop Sheen said it this way, full Sheen ahead, here it comes. The only value in saying yes to Jesus is you have the freedom to say no. And so this Lent is really a question of how much are we going to let go and let God? Absolutely. And that's what I asked myself today in church about what am I going to do to get closer to Christ this Lent? And when we come back from the break, I want to give some more things about applying it to to your life, to my life, on how... Lent can become even more powerful, not just another, oh, is it Lent? Is it Ash Wednesday again? It seems like it just happens, you know? Life, as, as you get older, it does seem that way. It goes awful fast. Yeah, didn't we just celebrate Christmas? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, my, my younger brother one time, I said to him, I said, time flies when you're having a good time. And he says, time used to fly when I was having a good time. Now it just flies. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the, uh, to the Bible with the Barbers, Mary Danielle and myself, Terry, And we're spending time to talk about Lent on the practical aspects, biblical aspects of Lent, so that this Lent will be the best Lent ever for your life. And again, this is podcast, so that if you only hear a little bit and you can't uh, get it all now, it's on our website. And also, those of you watching on YouTube, would you do me a big favor and put a like on our YouTube channel? (laughs) Say, yay, team! (laughs) And you can do it on any of the shows, because I'm going to tell you, this is how we get the word out through social media. We're not on the local stations in many, many areas. Now, we've got a uh, certain areas, like in the Seattle area, the 13th largest radio me- network, we're up there, but we're not in every space. So please help us with the social media, Facebook. Tell friends and family. Tune into the Terry and Jesse show. Tune into the Bible with the Barbers. Tune in with all the, the shows that are on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about how Lent can be applied to your life. Right 
This is Terry Barber inviting you, all the men, to a men's conference June 15th at the Sacred Heart Chapel. This is going to be a day where we're going to talk about true masculinity. You know, there's a problem in the Catholic Church today. We have very few men who love the Catholic faith. And I know a lot of the wives that I'm listening to right now saying, I want my husband to be on fire for the faith. Send him to the men's conference. Your son, send him to the men's conference by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org or call 877-526-2151. That's June 15th. When your husband comes back from this conference or your son, they're going to have a different view about their Catholic faith because they're going to meet three men who love Jesus and his bride, the church, and are going to instill in them a love for Christ and his church, the Eucharist, Our Lady. Bring them to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Sign up there or call 877-526-2151. Full sheen ahead. It is only because of your continued prayers and generous donations that Virgin Most Powerful Radio can broadcast live each weekday. We count on your spiritual and financial support because you understand the urgent need for Catholic programming that shares the gospel with clarity and charity, but without compromise. Please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly donor. You can set it up with the touch of a button on our website, catholicrc.org. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. This is Jesse Romero. You're listening to Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. Mary Danielle is here with me, and I am just honored to have you listening, so thank you. I wanted to ask my wife a very practical question about Lent. Mom, Dad, we have little kids. How can we apply Lent the Lenten season to children. What can we do? What's some practical ideas for children to have? You know, it's beautiful. Um, what you might do is share with them the story of Fatima. You know, that Our Lady, she sent the angel first. The angel came a year beforehand and prepared these little children. And the children were extremely generous. Francisco and Jacinta and, and Lucia were very generous. And the angel taught them how to pray. The angel taught them how to make sacrifices. The angels taught them how to adore Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And um, so you might want to, you know, share that story with them. If you don't have it, you can go on the Opus Sanctorum Angelorum.org website and go to their quarterly letters and, and um, go back and find their Lenten circular letter for 2017 where they talk about it. But children can be extremely generous. You know, we've had the Operation Rice Bowl over the years. Um, you can ask the children to give up something and if your children have money because you pay them an allowance, I, right. I know a lot of people do get an allowance, a lot of children get allowances, they can have a little mission bank mm -hmm. in your house that the children can, okay, I didn't buy candy today. I'm going to put that in the mission, the money in mm -hmm. the mission bank. Um, we, we didn't go out to eat tonight. 
um, as a family. So instead, we ate at home and we saved this much money. We put that in the mission bank. Um, if you watch TV together, that it would be really good for the. By the way, it's, the children should never be allowed to watch television on their own. So if your children are allowed to watch television on their own, you might want to try for Lent to work with them to do something as a family. So you know what? Instead of watching television, we're going to go ahead and we're going to read a story out of the Bible or part of a story out of the Bible or read some of the Psalms and talk to them about how the Psalms, these are the prayers that Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph used Mm -hmm. when they were praying. Um, Have a you know, a mission that you can send to the Society of the Propagation of the Faith, mm. the Aid to the Church in Need, the, the Marian Helpers, the, those are the Marians of the Immaculate Conception, Stockbridge, Massachusetts, um, the um, Opus Sanctorum Angelorum <laughs> takes donations. Um, teach the children about their angels and teach the children to ask their angels to help them mm. with their prayers and to know what sacrifices. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people think... Tell me that um, that the the saints did great penances and then became saints. And there was a saint, blessed Don Columbia Marmion. He wrote a book called Christ, the life of the soul. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, when he was growing up, he was taught. And and as in, in seminary, he was taught practice the virtues, practice the virtues, practice the virtues. And eventually you will fall in love with God. And Marmion said, no, that's backward. We need to fall in love with God first. So with your children, talk to them about how much they are loved by God. That, that Jesus is he's God. He always remains God. But he also is a friend. And he wants them to understand how much he loves them. Mm. Read to them the stories out of the gospel. And help them to understand that they're loved by Jesus and that will help you also grow in your faith and your love of Jesus. And then Jesus, by the, his Holy Spirit working in the children and in us, will inspire us what it is he wants us to do. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes we have lots of grandiose ideas about what we're going to do. And then we're going to do everything all at once, and then we end up doing nothing. <laughs> or we take on things, penances and things that actually detract from our duties of our state in life. So the duties of our state and life are the rules. So for the children, okay, do your schoolwork. Don't put it off. You know, don't, you know, don't go and watch TV or be on the computer or on any other electronic media if your schoolwork isn't done. Are your chores done around the house? You know, have you made your bed and picked up your clothing and taken out Mm -hmm. the trash? And have you offered to help with something that maybe isn't your chores that you notice needs to be done? So have your children... And work with them as a family. Try and spend more time with your children, um, sharing with them the faith, and especially reading them stories out of the scriptures, and that so that they understand this is God's love letter to us. That God really loves us. He loves us enough to have sent His Son. Mm. I, I mean, it's amazing God's love. How many of us love somebody enough that we would sacrifice our life for them? And God sent his only son to sacrifice his life for us. And he didn't wait till we were his friends. Mary, you mentioned uh, the, the duties in our state and life. I would recommend mom and dad to get a fantastic book called Abandonment to Divine Providence by Pierre de Cassade. He was a Jesuit priest in the 17th century. Now, I put that uh, book on cassette tape in the 1980s. Then I got it on CD. 
If you want to listen to it, we do have it here. You can call the 877-526-2151 number. Just get the abandonment to divine providence. He talks about God's will being manifested moment by moment as long as we're staying faithful to our duties in our state and life. And I really think that it's important that the kids, especially the young boys, girls too, understand that they're pleasing God by taking the trash out. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What a novel idea. No, this is really true. Absolutely. You know, it's St. Francis de Sales says if you drink a glass of water in yeah. obedience to God's will that you have a body, you supernaturalize that act. Beautiful. So with the children, you know, just maybe start Lent. You know, today's Ash Wednesday, Lent is start, or maybe tonight, sit down and say tomorrow, Ash Wednesday, we Lent starts. We want God to fill us up. So let's yeah. invite Jesus to come into our hearts and ask him to give us the fullness of his spirit and bring charity to perfection in us. And let's try and be more loving to one another. Let's try and be more considerate. Let's try and keep a a greater order in the house. Little things, just little changes. And, but pray together as a family and with little children, especially work with them. Children can be extremely generous and they, but they need to be invited and we want to empty ourselves of the things of this world mm-hmm. to invite God in. Yeah. We want to empty ourselves of the things of this world to make more room for God. And and don't try and take on too much at once because you'll fail. It's like a crash diet. Yeah. You know, if you go without eating for three days and yeah, oh sure, psh, you drop 10 pounds, right? Most of that's water weight. But And then right away you get hungry and you're so ravenously hungry that you eat more than you would have eaten. You have to take it in little increments, little baby steps at a time and little things at a time. And so, yeah, work with the children. Um, Have a visible um, donation basket or something for the poor. Even, you know, it's funny. Our our youngest son used to do little things like he'd say, Mom, can we go buy some backpacks and put some, you know, granola bars and toothpaste and deodorant and... You know, little toiletries and, and, and uh, hygiene items, and then we'll give them to the poor people. Right. Or I remember one when he was in um, grammar school, and he said, Mom, you know, there's a clinic in not too far from the school. A abortion little, clinic. Uh, an abortion clinic about a mile south of the school. Can we go pray the rosary outside that clinic? Yeah. And um, he invited me. And which I've prayed Shield of Roses before, but I didn't know where the local clinic was. But he found out. And, and so I did. Absolutely, I'm going to take him. You know, yes. And and encourage those in your children and also you know especially if your kids are in catholic school when you go to pick them up after school stop in and make a visit to jesus when you drop them off at school try and be there five minutes early so you can go in and say good morning jesus you know the simple prayer good morning jesus i love you there's a wonderful family in covina at st louis to Like i go to the 615 mass and mama and dad bring the four children in every morning before they go over to the school to reverence Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and make their little visit. And I'm just so moved. And I I tell mom and dad, keep up the good work. Mary Danielle, I got a text here from one of our listeners. They wanted to uh, ask what was the Romans chapter that you were referring to earlier in the last segment. Uh, Romans 12. Yeah, Romans 12. Verses 1 and 2. That's right. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And what it says there is it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. 
Do not be conformed to this world, mm. but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, wow. that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And that's so perfect for what we were just talking about. Okay, our bodies are good. They're holy. So when you sit down to eat a meal, that's why you say grace before meals. Lord, we eat this meal in obedience to your will that we have a body to nourish this body so we have the strength to do our duties. And thank you. Thank you for the food that you've given us. And thank you for the good body that you've given us. Our bodies are good. There are living sacrifices that we can offer to God. And God is our spiritual worship. But we offer our bodies in worship of God. And we have to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. You know, cease the inner dialogue and change the subject of your meditation. Well said. You know, so yeah, the, these are little things you can do in your families that should help. And uh, the children are so generous. Yes, they are. Just in, you know. When we come back from this next break, you're going to want to hear this. It's why are the ashes put on our forehead? Why aren't they put on our cheek? Why aren't <laughs> they, you know, in other words, what is the message? And then, Mary Danielle, I want to talk about uh, do we have to leave the ashes on our forehead when we go to work. Cause someone might say, Hey, I think you got a piece of dirt on your forehead. <laughs> I've had that many times. And then I look at it. I'll just give you my take. Hey, it's a great way to evangelize. People. It is. It is. And just tell them, Hey, guess why I have ashes? Well, well I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. Yeah. So this is what we're going to cover when we come back. So that when someone asks you at work, why are there ashes? Or why is that mark on your forehead? You're going to be a high information Catholic. Here at the Terry and Jesse show, I know this is the Bible with the Barbers. This whole show is dedicated on having Ash Wednesday and the in the Lenten season become the best season ever for you. So when we come back, we'll do that. And if you want to get Jesse Romero's CD on Why the Ashes, I'm happy to give it to you. A little donation to help to cover the cost of making it and, and mailing it out to you. But you can call 877 526 and thanks for your donations. That's what keeps Virgin Most Powerful Radio moving forward and spreading the good news of Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Because life is short and eternity is forever. So don't forget, we come right back. Why are the ashes put on our forehead? And much, much more here on the Bible with the Barbers. Full sheen ahead here. This is Terry Barber inviting you, all the men, to a men's conference June 15th at the Sacred Heart Chapel. This is going to be a day where we're going to talk about true masculinity. You know, there's a problem in the Catholic Church today. We have very few men who love the Catholic faith. And I know a lot of the wives that I'm listening to right now are saying, I want my husband to be on fire for the faith. Send him to the men's conference. Your son, send him to the men's conference by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org or call 877-526-2151. That's June 15th. When your husband comes back from this conference or your son, they're going to have a different view about their Catholic faith because they're going to meet three men who love Jesus and his bride, the church, and are going to instill in them a love for Christ and his church, the Eucharist, Our Lady, 
Bring them to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Sign up there or call 877-526-2151. Full sheen ahead. It is only because of your continued prayers and generous donations that Virgin Most Powerful Radio can broadcast live each weekday. We count on your spiritual and financial support because you understand the urgent need for Catholic programming that shares the gospel with clarity and charity, but without compromise. Please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly donor. You can set it up with the touch of a button on our website, catholicrc.org. or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%! Realestateforlife.org 877-LIFE-US-1 Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Reporting for service, sir, here at the Bible with the Barbers. I'm getting so many texts today of all of our friends saying, hey, we love it when you guys are talking about the ashes and the Ash Wednesday. I promised I would ask this question to my faithful bride. Mary Danielle, why are the ashes put on our forehead? In the, in the Old Testament, this is what people did. Yep. In times of fasting, prayer, and remorse, um, they would uh, and repentance. So the, the ashes are a sign of of repentance, and they're a sign uh, that we're going to fast and pray and and ask God for or sadness. If someone was very sad about something that happened, they would put ashes on their foreheads. And there, there's an example in Second Samuel three nineteen. If you want to read that. And there's also, I mean, you have the book of Job, the book of Esther, you know, the prophets, they, they, yeah. people sat in the ashes or put ashes on their head. Yeah. So they had sackcloths, right? Ashes and sackcloth. Yeah. yeah there you go. We are wearing it sometime, we, that burlap. Exactly. <laughs> now, the question is this, um, uh, do I have to get marked with the ashes? Is it mandatory? Am I sinning if I don't get ashes on Ash Wednesday? No, you're gonna be not, shocked to hear this. No, you're not. You're sitting. not. You're not sitting. It's, it's not. It's not mandatory to no. get ashes. It's it's I a good way to start it. late. Hey, all of those of you who are going to get ashes tomorrow, <clears throat> make a resolve that you're going to go to mass every day during Lent. There you, go. you know that if everybody who got ashes tomorrow went to daily mass oh. and then went to confession oh. and and went to Sunday mass during Lent, we would change. This country would be changed by the by Easter time. It would because of the number of people praying. Every year on Ash Wednesday, you can feel the outpouring of grace. Mm. It's easy to fast on Ash Wednesday. It's mm-hmm. easy to maintain the abstinence, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's that first day of Lent, and so many people are praying, and that the graces that are outpouring, and, and then we get going, and it's like, huh, it gets harder, and it's like, well, what happened? And you find out that all the people who went to church on Ash Wednesday, aren't com- they're not coming back, you know? We have to have extra masses on Ash Wednesday. It's like it's almost like people think it's a holy day. Yeah. It's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you all who are coming out for ashes on Ash Wednesday. But come again. Right. Don't just stop there. Come every day to Mass. 
Go to daily mastering land. The graces that will be poured out on our nation, and we need them. Yeah. We need the grace of conversion. And I also might add, on Fridays of Lent, uh, the Stations of the Cross. Absolutely, a great devotion. If you want, if you're here at our Sacred Heart Chapel, we have beautiful paintings. We even have the horse crying at the crucifixion. Yeah, a little tear on his on his eye. But I want to recommend that if you can't get to a church, there's lots of little pamphlets, even online, yeah, to do the stations Absolutely. at your home. Yes, yeah. And I think the more that we study, I, I give this story about Brother Andre, Saint Brother Andre Bissette. He's uh, a great saint, lived up in Canada, Montreal. Mm-hmm. If you ever get up to where well, the largest Catholic church in North America is called St. Joseph's, I might add. It's the St. Joseph's Oratory. And in the 1920s, Brother Andre, who was a simple brother there, uh, they were discussing at the dinner table theological explanations on the faith. And most of these were priests who taught like at Notre Dame. And you know they were educated with PhDs and master's degrees and highly educated uh, folk. Well, they went to Brother Andre, who's never gone to college. He was just a simple brother. The doorkeeper. Yeah, the doorkeeper, <laughs> but he prayed a lot. And uh, they said, Brother Andre, what's your insight on this? And he gives this beautiful insight on the sufferings of Christ that none of the other brothers that were priests even had any insight on, and they're the educated ones. And the guy goes, one of the priests said, Brother Andre, where in the world did you get that insight? What book? Come on, cough it up. Tell us the name of the book you read that out of. And Brother Andre looks at him and says, Brother, I didn't read it in a book. Well, then where did you get it? He said, in front of a crucifix kneeling down. That's what you get when you do the Stations of the Cross and meditate on the passion and death of Jesus Christ. These insights will be out of this world. I had to share that story. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And that's what we want to meditate on the passion of Christ. And as I said earlier, the we've been told by the saints that one hour of meditation on the passion oh of Christ is more efficacious than a year of fasting on bread and water. And some of us can't fast on bread and water. Some people don't have the health to do it. And some people are allergic to bread, so they can't, I mean, fast on it, you know, and it's, and, and so he, the passion of Christ, this is Christ in whose passion once was sown. The song says mm-hmm. all virtues of all saints to be, for thou white fields of these thine own, we praise the seed and so are thee. It's through the passion of Christ that all of the virtues of everybody has been sown. Mary, I want to make a plug for the Mass tomorrow here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. Uh, the Anglican ordinate will be here, Father Barker, at 12 noon. He will not only say Mass, he will distribute ashes yes. for us. So if you're in the Southern California area, it's a beautiful Mass. It'll be sung uh, just want to encourage you to come. And then I'll just make a little quick note, too. If you, you're still hanging around, I think around 2.30, we have another a second Mass uh, coming that, that will be at our chapel also. So make your Stations of the Cross at our chapel on, on Ash Wednesday. We'll be here most of the day. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, So go ahead. So we're... we have, uh, do you leave the ashes on? No, you don't have to leave the ashes on. But you know, it's interesting. It becomes conversational a conversational piece. A, a conversational piece. It becomes an opportunity yeah, yeah, yeah. to evangelize people. Exactly. You remind other people. They see you with the ashes and they're like, oh, oh it's Ash Wednesday. Right. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, and so it's it's not. I didn't get ashes yet. I gotta go. It's not wrong to wash them off, but it's also not. You know, you can leave them on all day. You don't yeah. have to wash them off. It's, you know, but but it is it is a public confession of our faith to walk around with those ashes on our forehead, and and an opportunity to evangelize the people that we come in contact with. That's true. So. Well, Mary, we're coming to the end. We are coming to the so, end. And, and one of the questions people wonder about is yeah. this whole Mardi Gras thing. And, oh, yes. And the thing is, you see, in the old days, people had to fast for 40 days from all animal and um, dairy products. Was that before we had refrigerators? and Right. I mean, it was. Right. But even so, when we had refrigerators, yeah. the fast up until Vatican II was pretty strict and it was pretty heavy. And so people, the idea was, and we, we found this also because there are other other traditions, the Eastern rites in the church, they have a stricter Lent. Yeah, they do. They're not allowed to eat meat. And so they they start, um, they have these couple of Sundays before Lent when one of them is saying goodbye to meat. So they need to get rid of all the meat in their house. Hmm. And But this is before Lent even begins. And then you get rid of all of the, the meat and you get rid of all the dairy products. And um, But the idea is that those things wouldn't keep. And so the Fat Tuesday isn't about, well, you know, let's just get fat and celebrate. It's it's about well, we need to eat up all of this food that you know is that would spoil if we tried to keep it for forty days. Even when we have a refrigerator, there's certain foods that just aren't going to keep for forty days. Right. Um, I guess you could freeze them, but anyway. And so they they would eat it up. And and what's happened? Unfortunately, you have the secular aspect come in where people just think, oh, it's a time to party. Well, wait a minute, guys. This isn't an excuse for gluttony. <laughs> you know? Yeah, really. It's, that's not about. It's not about party hardy. You know. Nope. No. It, it, but, the duties of our state and life. But the world has taken this to mean you know they oh Mardi Gras let's go party let's go do this yeah. and they they kind of like what they've done with Christmas exactly you know it's true it, it, and that's it everything you know we we hear things about oh Lent just means spring and it's just a time because life is coming anew and we're going to say you know I was like no Jesus Christ really died on the cross at a specific time of the year and um, we really do celebrate that every year so you know um, the season of Lent you know we begin with the ashes that represent our repentance Mm. from our sinfulness a death to ourself so that we can die to ourselves so that God can live in us, so that Christ can live in us and give us the fullness of his Holy Spirit. And, but we're looking forward. It doesn't end in death. Remember, Jesus Christ didn't stay dead. I had a friend, I guess her dad used to tell him, Jesus got up from the dead bed. You know, <laughs> He didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. We're Christians. Our hope is in the resurrection. If Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, then our faith is in vain. And we are the saddest of men because we deny ourselves the things of this world in order to get the resurrection. But if Christ didn't rise from the dead, there's no resurrection. Christ rose from the dead. There is a resurrection. And we're not the saddest of men. And we can give up the things of this world. And that's what Lent is about. And so we we want to recognize our absolute dependence on God. And we want to ask him for the fullness of his Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and to bring us into union with himself. This is, by the way, what it means to be a saint. Live in union with God. That's it. I just want to remind people, if you pray well, you will live well. If you live well, you will die well. If you die well, all will be well. I got that from St. Augustine. It's about 1,500 years ago, but it applies to us today. Mary Danielle, 
Uh, the comment that the traditional statement that said, remember, man, you are dust and dust you shall return. Right. Uh, and then the other one is about repent and turn away. From repent sin. and believe in the gospel. And believe in the gospel. These are the two statements that are said. And I think of this about life being short and eternity is forever. Right. I, I just want to say this, that we which should really realize the reality of life. I'm 60 some years old and I'm thinking, man, I'm rounding third base ready for a head dive. <laughs> you know? It went by very, very fast. And yeah. so I would just recommend, again, the whole bottom line that we say at every end of the show, live in the state of grace. Absolutely. That's the striving of our holiness. That's the striving of, of, of Lent, to right. live in the state of grace. To live in union with God. That's and that's it. and, and the, the reality is, is that you know, Jesus started his public life by saying, repent and believe in the gospel. But remember, the first word there is repent. Yeah. Turn away from your sins. Turn back to God. Let God fill you. And, and yeah, in, in the Old Testament, it says, remember your last end that you will not sin. If we're always conscious of the fact that I am striving for another, ho- for another homeland, a better homeland, a permanent homeland, yeah. union with God in heaven, and I can only get that by giving up sin yeah. and living in obedience to God's will. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that these are the things we, you know, this is how the church begins us. These are the words she gives us at the beginning of Lent. So that we can keep these words with us and remember this every day. It's not it's not just once a year, you know. We don't just okay, I'm gonna be good for a day. You know, no, we, we need to make this a lifetime habit. And and it's a it's a struggle. If you don't know you're in a battle for your soul, yeah. you're probably losing it. We're in a battle. We're in a war. If anybody tells you you don't need to repent to get to heaven, oops, that's a false gospel. False. That's, that's what we call gospel fake news amen and so with again we're here to tell you that life is short eternity is forever amen and lent is a time to really bring into reality that we need to prepare for this next life amen i want to thank you for listening to (laughs) the bible with the barbers we'll go back again to the bible study next week with the gospel of mark i think we're on chapter 10 or 11 maybe by now 10 to 11 we're getting there we're getting there (laughs) But we just thought that this would be helpful for your uh, Ash Wednesday that's tomorrow that we covered a lot of this good information. Again, if you want to get some of this information, go on uh, the app. We have the article there on some of the information that we, or most of the information we covered today. And I want to thank you for those who support us with your prayers and your financial support. Go to Virgin Most Powerful Radio or call us at 877-526-2151. Thank you. God bless you. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great High Priest, May the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio.
sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.